Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show presented by KFC. I'm your host, William Lou. Joining me as always, faithful co-host, Joshua Hart. Back again. Back to back. May back stacking M's. Uh, are you worried that the Raptors have lost three straight now, man? I mean, worried is an overstatement. Is it the worst thing that's happened to me uh, so far in the month of March? Absolutely. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I've already spoiled this month. It's going to be a tough month, man. And <laughs> we, we kind of warn people. Um, I guess altogether, you know, if we take a step back, I think really we were talking about this earlier. The only disappointing result of the three of them is probably uh, Charlotte. Because, you that know, like you should kind just of be Charlotte at inexcusable. home. Um, yeah, I know that they were down for a big for a big portion of the game. Shouldn't have ever happened. Mm. You know, you don't want to win on Kyle Lowry going nine and no personally, um, but still, bad end of the game. Yeah, like Mark Davis. Also, Rondé Hollis Jefferson posting a biz. Yeah, that was not great, man. I tweeted that. Um, That's a Leroy he, Jenkins moment, right? He there. clearly doesn't have his uh, his wallet back because he doesn't have his ID because he doesn't know who he who he's supposed to be out there. Jeez. It was crazy. Why yeah. are you posting a biz? <laughs> that was strange. That, I, I know the Raptors were, were struggling yeah. for offense, but it I was, mean, the Milwaukee Bucks game kind of expected result. To yep. be honest, uh, you know, you are going to even with a full complement of players, Raptors are going to be underdogs in that matchup. Yep. And so when you were down Mark, um, and you were without Norm in that game, that was always going to be a difficult one. And then going on the road in Denver, when you have no centers to go up against Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, we saw it, that didn't not it's go hard. well. Yeah, it's it. He's really, really good. Yeah, and unlike other superstars, you can't just send extra bodies at him and pressure him and stuff because he's like uh, a really, really good passer. Some of the passes he threw last night were just amazing. I, I don't want to be like Jokic hive on Twitter or whatever, but I mean, it was beautiful stuff. And it made me really miss Marcus All, who remains out. Um, Fred VanVleet and Serge Ibaka apparently are day to day, but they missed two games here now. Yeah. Um, yeah. They probably are not rushing back for a Suns game tomorrow. Mm. It is too bad. Yeah, it seems weird. The three games, I think, beyond the feelings about these games particularly, um, they're headlined by Pascal Siakam's struggles. Yeah. Um, yesterday, Twitter made it uh, clear that they'd had enough of... That say, was the first first time all season where people have sort of said, you know what, Pascal, what's going on? Yeah. I We've sort of talked about it. It's like, this yeah. is like... This is the kind of game where even if you lose, if you go, if you score 16 points in this quarter, we'll all be satisfied. Like, mm. yes, that's a lot to do, but it shouldn't happen. It should happen a couple times a year yeah. where he goes like crazy and scores 14 points in the fourth quarter yeah. to will the team to victory. But it uh, hasn't happened yet. It's still weird to see Kyle Lowry still be a big dude in the fourth quarters for this team. But uh, Pascal, what's going on? Yeah, and, and you know what? It's funny because, um, you know, I thought he was really good against Phoenix. First came back from All-Star break. Yep. He looked really rejuvenated. One of his best games of the season. 
on both ends of the floor. Indiana, he was very good. Of course, he didn't have to play very much because mm-hmm. they won by 46. But in the three losses, you're looking at 6 of 14 from the field in the Milwaukee game. Yikes. Which is not that bad in the sense that he does hit five threes. But, uh, you know, only one two-point field goal. Yeah. Very strange for a, two, for a guy who primarily we, drives to the rim. Well, we know that Milwaukee packs the paint, but still. Yeah. Um, you would have liked to see him, like, get to there a little bit more. Yeah. The Charlotte Hornets game, I mean, everybody was struggling. I don't want to put it on him. But, you know, there's four missed free throws in there. Yep. Uh, he goes one of five from the three point line, and then you know the Denver game that was just you know an outright bad game. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I, at least with the Charlotte game, I thought there was a stretch there in the third quarter where he was driving to the rim and forcing things and making things happen, yep. getting to the free throw line. That was good. In the Denver game, it just never felt like he got a rhythm in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finishes the night sixteen points, six of twenty one from the field, one of seven from three. Uh, he has five assists, but he has four turnovers. Yeah. So you know that's not a great uh, ratio there. And, you know, after the game, Pascal himself said, quote, as a leader of the team, you got to play better. You can't have games like that. Feels like there have been too many of those. So from from for me, I had two takeaways. One, he says as a leader of the team. Yep. So he's not saying he's the leader of the team. I don't think he sees himself as that. I think it's mostly him, Kyle, maybe even, you know, Fred and Mark and yeah. Serge. You know what I mean? Like, sort He of hasn't a, decided that it is his team and that yep. he is the... Um, single point of uh, accountability mm-hmm. when it comes to a bad loss where you needed someone who could make buckets down the stretch. Yeah. And then he said, the the other takeaway is, feels like there have been too many of those, which really does kind of go to show that he has self-awareness. And this is one of those things where I, I think Pascal is really, um, he's really good about taking ownership when uh, the games don't go necessarily in his way. Sure. Which I really do appreciate. I think it, it shows sort of a, a humility on his part and a, an awareness on his part because there have been other games this year where it hasn't really been their form. Um, but you know, that being said, yeah, it was it was a tough game for him. Man. Yeah, but and I, I watched the replay. Like, did you see anything that you didn't yesterday night? Um, the threes were actually all pretty good looks. I didn't think he settled for any of the threes. Mm-hmm. He took seven threes, but when the defense packs the paint, you got to shoot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shooting one for sevens, unfortunately, he had a step back three. Like in the first quarter, and then was bricks from there on out. But it seems like the book's out on him. Then, if he's still unable to hit these open threes that he's getting, like that's mm-hmm. that's a, a problem. It is a problem, and it isn't. I mean, some nights he's just not going to shoot well. I thought, sure. to be honest, he shot I, great in, against Milwaukee. He did. He had five threes against Milwaukee. But in this one, when I watched, you know, the the shots that he took, the twenty one shots, yep. a lot of the attempts were one on one in the post against a guy like Jeremy Grant and. You know, this is where I felt like last year when Pascal went up against Grant, when Pascal went up against players mm-hmm. like Grant, he would have the advantage in terms of just, like, going up and finishing, and that touch yeah. was much better. Yesterday, there was a lot of makeable shots for him, but he would either sort of fade away. Um, or and put you it know, up short. And yeah. Like, and when he challenged the no, guy, like, yeah. the, the strength to sort of move the player and actually get to the finish that you want without being disrupted just yeah. wasn't quite there for him. Yeah. And so it seemed like he's just a little bit out of rhythm in a game like this. Yeah, it seems as though like something, his legs are a little shot or he's tired. I don't know. doesn't really uh, make too much sense to me. But um, it, makes us, it makes me want to take our first call uh, from Nabil and Whitby, who wants to talk about this team struggling against the best competition. Nabil, welcome to the show. Thank you. Before I start... Uh, a moment of silence, pour one out for all the OG haters. Yeah, there we go. Pour one out. I actually have a I'm not trying a to, beverage. I'm not trying to pour this on the floor in the studio. The laptop's too expensive. You're right. 
Yeah, he was great no, yesterday, man. Watching, watching him snap, like, it just, it, it, I, I'm just so sick and tired of people trashing OG. And legitimately, most of the criticism about him is just, it, it's just like criticizing him for what he isn't rather than appreciating what he actually does well. Mm. Um, and, you know, that game last night was just, uh, despite the actual overall results, was nice. But, uh, Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Um, I'm calling in to discuss something that's definitely going to be a topic of discussion as you come around playoff time, and that is our record against 500 team against above 500 teams. I'm just wondering if you guys have given much thought into it. If you considered or delve deeper into like what our stats are, how healthy we've been in those games. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, the Raptors are, as of right now, 10 and 14 against teams above 500. If you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee is 14 and 7, Boston is 13 and 11, Miami is 13 and 10, Philadelphia is 12 and 17, Indiana is 10 or 13. So, um, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate. I, really, my only concern with that is just how many games have the Raptors been fully healthy and played against these 500 teams? Because you're, you're probably not going to beat a lot of teams that are very good um, without your full complement of players. And so I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know if it's as bad as this looks either. And also, 10-14 no, is not that bad, to be honest. Last year, by the way, the Raptors above 500 teams. Obviously, the Raptors won a championship. 22-20. and 20, So it wasn't like they were an exceptional yeah, team yeah. at beating uh, above 500 teams. No, and I think I think it's I think it's twofold. On one end, like the the talent and makeup of our roster is such that our margin for error is just really small mm-hmm. when we're not healthy. Yep. So it, it and just like the brand and style of basketball we play, it's just you know we need every single one of our personnel to be out there. Um, and on top of that, there's just a, you know elaborate on that more. It's like when you don't have like last night for example, right? You don't have Mark. You don't have Serge. You don't have Fred, right? So Fred definitely would have been chasing Jamal Murray around last night. Yep. And then obviously you have a big body like Mark who you could sort of put on, you know, a Jokic in single coverage. Yep. Now you don't have two key pieces like that. It completely abandons the style of defense you want to play and it completely abandons your matchup. So now you have to make do with the personnel you have, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like take Brook Lopez off of Milwaukee. All of a sudden, they can't play that draw, pick, and roll coverage. John is going to have to cover the five. And, you know, Spacing's Robin Lopez is all of a yeah. backup as he is. You know, it's, he's can't not shoot. rough. So, it's, it, it sucks, man. And, it, it, you know, it sucks that it's going to be a topic of conversation when it comes to playoff time. You know, people are definitely going to poke holes in us and bring that up a lot. But, yeah, I just think – I don't think it's a fair criticism. I don't think it's indicative if you look at the our net rating and stuff. It's just we, – we literally – it's not even an excuse. Like, it's legitimate. It's – we – have, we just have not been healthy, and it's not been like oh Pat McCaw missed like ten games or whatever. Yeah, we've yeah. had key key rotation pieces, key starters, key players not available out. play stretches. Yeah, um, when I think about the Raptors' record against winning teams, um, the thing I think most about is they've been missing offensive pieces um, in significant ways. Marcus All is. So good at keeping guys like OG and Norm afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, Norm has stayed efficient uh, besides that and despite that, but OG's really suffered. OG's not a good ball handler. OG's been asked to handle the ball more than he should at this stage in his development. And until um, Fred's solidly in the lineup as well as Marcus, um, they're going to struggle. And their defense still stays looks great. Um, I think it's been impressive to see them 
without guys like Marcus, I'll still keep the team concept and deliver pretty consistently. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think on offense, it's just been they've had some real ugly evenings of watching uh, Kyle Lowry feel like it goes like one on five. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Anywho, Nabil, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for calling in, and have a safe commute home. Peace. Yeah. I miss Mark, man. I miss him a lot. I hope he's fully healthy. Uh, maybe it's a lot to ask at his age, but it does seem uh, to be the Raptors are cautious with his injury, so that's good. I mean, as long as they have him healthy, because Marcus has the best defensive rating on the team. Like, when the, when he's on the floor, the Raptors allow 100.3 points per 100 possessions. That's crazy. So, very, very good number. And then offensively, when Marcus is on the floor... He has the third highest uh, offensive rating for any of the rotation players. He's at 111.2. He's just slightly below Pascal and slightly below Terrence Davis, who, um, <laughs> wow, 113.5 off the but bench yeah, when, is really yeah. impressive. But basically, Marcus is one of the players that is, you know, I mean, it goes without saying, he's pivotal to the team, and he's missed extended time. I think the Raptors, you know, it, it's sort of understated because he's not a guy who comes in and gives you 20 pretty much ever no but he just makes your team that much better um and yeah though is it I miss him is it fair to men- to, to mention that i don't know this marcus elsevin makes me very uninterested in bringing him back next year the injury i mean yeah, yeah. I, I hear you i, I miss you. him yeah i miss big spain yeah and i don't know how you replace him too that's the thing Guys like Gasol are very unique. I mean, well, yeah. first off, he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. But uh, another stat, which I, I, I saw on, uh, on Reddit earlier this, uh, today, the Raptors are 27-8 and eight with Marc Gasol in the lineup, and they're 14-10 and 10 without him in the lineup. That is not good. Big difference. That's a big, that's a big Spain difference. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. I don't know why you said that. Let's go line two. We have Steven from Etobicoke. Steven, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, this is uh, Steven McKinnis, Will, from uh, oh. Martin Grove. What's up, man? MCI, let's go. <laughs> yeah, no Two more one eleven uh, bus bus <laughs> talks anymore. I miss those Raptors talks. I mean, I miss those days. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I moved downtown, man. That's pretty wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, man. Uh, so yeah, I was just gonna get you, your guys' take on uh, last night's game. Obviously, I, I listened to your post game. Well, I always try to listen to it, but um, kind of what I saw, other than the obvious of Jokic being a big man, is they ended up doubling him in the post consistently mm-hmm. versus earlier in the year with Kawhi and um, you know some of the other stars that they were able to successfully um, you know um, you know uh, you know uh, you know double team and make sure that you know it, there wasn't any um, issues there uh, with with Jokic she wasn't able to they weren't able to um, you know like uh, I, sorry I'm kind of losing my train of thought here yeah just like um, trap him the same yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, aggressive exactly. style so I yeah. guess what I'm what I'm trying to get at here is uh, OG why, why didn't they have OG on um, on Jokic because he has a little bit more bulk to him than, than mm-hmm. um, Rondé I mean you know OG had a couple possessions on um, Jokic the way I saw it yesterday was their primary defender they're going to try to use Rondé to do it mm-hmm. um, and what they did was they made their bigger wings play uh, against the Nuggets guards. So you saw a lot of those possessions. OG was a guy guarding uh, Jamal Murray, for example, or even Gary Harris or something like that. And so when that screen and roll action came with Jokic, they were able to switch it and sort of, you know, just limit uh, Jokic's opportunities to roll down to the rim with, you know, with a free lane and stuff like that. Um, I mean, you know, is OG really... 
A no. guy who's going to guard no. the post is much better than Rondé? I'm not totally sure. No, he's not. No? Um, so. Rondé is okay. really strong. But, it, it, yeah, really? it's just okay. none of those guys. I mean, even OG. If he if you had OG single cover Jokic the whole game, I don't think it actually ends up being a situation where OG can handle it by himself. No. As much as I thought OG had a phenomenal game and the best game of his career, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's just a lot to ask for there. Okay. What do you think? Right. Fair. I kind of think the like OG best game of his career is a little empty calories. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Those many of those steals were just Denver being super duper lazy. They had some bad passes, and, but yo, but seven steals. No, no, it's, seven steals. It's good. Like it doesn't happen without hard work. But yeah. I've left games feeling more satisfied by OG's performances. Okay. Than I did yesterday. All right. Tough to please. I'm sorry, OG. Tough crowd, man. Wow. I'm not. You know, shout out to Kaden and to Emma on Twitter because they'll always uh, bring you your flowers. Yeah. No, they're, they're flaming me for this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and it's also a little difficult to double the post as much as uh, you would with a perimeter guy because you can kind of force the perimeter guy um, just out of the paint and sort of, you know, just the, the angle of the floor is a little bit different. When you're in the post, everybody's kind of one pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we kind of saw yesterday uh, in, in the sense that just like if a guy flashes to the rim, it's like for a seven-footer. Pretty easy to pass over a guy who's six seven. Even yeah. if OG put his arms up, you know, if you know, just Jokic is standing, reaches a lot better, and he can find the guy flashing baseline. Yep. Um, the kickouts to the three point line are much easier as well. So, just the geometry is a little different. But hey, man, Jokic Valid. is a star, man. <laughs> Jokic is just yeah, really he's gonna good. be like top six MVP vote getter. Like it's yeah, he's the real deal. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, they had no answer for him as you eloquently put last night. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I guess my only other question, if I could, before I go, um, is there anyone we, we can maybe get in the buyout market that's just a big body? Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if there's anyone out there that just for, I, I guess, in the playoffs, it's not going to really help us, but in the interim to just fill the time until Gasol comes back? Is there anybody that can just at least be a big guy in there? I mean, I'd... I wouldn't mind like a Joakim Noah on a 10-day contract. Oh, that'd be so great. But the thing is, you would have to cut one person on the roster. Uh, you might have to let go of uh, Malcolm Miller. Or fan favorite Stanley Johnson. No, no, no. Really? It, it, yeah, can't. I guess it would be Malcolm over what? Like, what about Stanley? No more Stanley suggestions. He's uh, Yeah, I mean, first off, we can't cut him for Stanley suggestions. And, and second of all, uh, he's on a two-year deal, both yeah. years guaranteed. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. We have two years of Stanley suggestions. Yeah, listen, you, we better keep experiencing things in Toronto. That's why they say Ontario is yours to discover. No, it's open for business. Stevens dog. to discover. Or you didn't see the new Stanley. license plates. You don't keep up with the news outside of no, NBA. Do you? I don't, man. I really don't. <laughs> all right, Stephen. Thanks for your oh, call. Did we thanks. Yeah, after all these radio shows over the years that I've listened to, this is my first time calling in, so I was awesome. a little nervous. So I appreciate you. Thanks man. for bearing with me, guys. All right. All right. Peace. Peace. Okay. Take care. Bye. We answered the second question, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes I get I confused. said Joakim Noah, yeah. Yeah, Joakim Noah yeah. would be cool. I like Joakim, man. He seems like a guy with no chill. Yeah, remember when he, like, didn't he finish with, like, MVP votes in 2000? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the year where he kept making high-low passes to Nate Robinson, <laughs> and, and somehow that team was, like, a 48 And then, team. like, immediately off the cliff. It was... Yeah. It was... But it was crazy not with a big well, injury he, he had just tired he had one of the top four ugliest free throw forms i've ever seen <laughs> uh he kind of like spins the ball at the basket yeah anyway whatever that the 10-day period would have been good to have it against the, the denver nuggets so if they're not doing it then whatever yeah um we have gabriel on line one from toronto gabriel welcome to the show hey man how's it going how's everyone doing i'm good man how are you well uh louisa ben how are you guys doing in the studio good 
Wow. Steph, you too. Every- How are you guys doing? Good? Wow. Everyone in the studio is doing great. So uh, the five of us are doing well. Hey, glad to hear. I'm glad to stop raining down here. Yeah, that was weird, bad, bad weather. It was a misty yeah. day. Yeah. But anyway, though, so I had a question. It was just <clears> regarding <throat> uh, Patrick McCaha. Oh, his, man. Uh, Everyone's favorite over- topic. I know. It's over all those extended minutes he's playing. Uh, so I don't know if you heard, but uh, did you look at Blake Murphy's tweet yesterday where he was basically discussing on how uh, Nick Nurse said that he had Patrick McCaw as like, one of his top eight rotation players? I did. <laughs> now, I mean, I, I mean, I thought that was a very bit amusing. Because here's this thing. If he was playing like eight, ten minutes a game, that's one thing. But to, for him to be playing like 20 minutes or over that, that's a bit too much. Mm. I don't know if he got like some Dirk of Nick. Like he has some like dirty secret of Nick Nurse, but <laughs> he's nah. been playing him way too much. And the surprising thing for me is that I don't understand why Nick Nurse doesn't play uh, Matt Thomas anymore as much at all. Because, I mean, like, Matt Thomas is a great player. He's, like, a, like a great three-point shooter. He's, he's not a, a very great smart... player. Uh, no, excuse me. He's amazing. That's what happens when we put the propaganda out there. It comes back on his step. Uh, yeah, hey, I'm on, the my to- I'm on the Matt Thomas high. Uh, okay. All, go- all full going full steam. But he's great, though. I mean, yeah. he's amazing at shooting the three. Mm, and he's a definitely. very smart offensive player. Because one thing I like about him is that he doesn't take bad shots. He only takes, like, an open three shot. Like, he only Fair takes shots He's only allowed open. to. If, you know how Stanley Jones <laughs> is not allowed to dribble? Neither is Matt Thomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he's actually not a bad help defender. So, I mean, I wish he he's got more horrible. touches, though. Yeah, exactly. I just wish he got more touches, you know, just mm. because I get it. I don't know. Listen, I, I still don't understand why Patrick McCaw gets uh, – I mean, it's like I don't – like, I feel like he's kind of – sometimes when he's on the court, they're like playing four and five. It's just yeah, uh, yeah. hard to watch, man. Both ways. <laughs> not to be rude, but he's kind of a scrub. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, he's not had many, he's had many bad stretches, but he's shown you, flashes. You know, we talk about Matt McCall, Pat McCall all the time. Um, it's sort of I don't have a good answer for it. I think Nick has given his answer. Um, I think there's more trust in him because I think the Raptors see a need for a third uh, point guard. Yeah, and that's the problem. The problem is that we play our two um, are what would in many teams be your starting point guard and your backup point guard yeah. a lot. So yeah. if we have a third point guard, they're going to see lots of minutes in Nick Nurse's team concept. Yeah, the sure. fact that they haven't found somebody more competent that they feel better with after DeLon Wright's puncher is a problem. They need to solve it because Yeah, Pat he McCall, really is like a terrible DeLon Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Like DeLon I mean, Wright on a bad de- night he's, is... he's DeLon wrong. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. I was talking to one of my coworkers, and even he was saying that that's probably it. It's just because they really want like to find like you know the third string point guard. But mm. I don't know if that's what my cause to yeah, answer, I mean, but it's obvious. They're giving him a lot of rope. That's all. Like they're just letting him really take every opportunity to to do something. And there are games where Pat you know does something. But I mean, I could honestly name all of them like right now. Like there's like three of them. Yeah, but until like Terrence Davis learns how to run the offense. Yeah. Um, which is not like Terrence Davis comes in with one thing on his mind. Shoot. To shoot Finish. and then in Dunk. the post game sound like yeah. money bag yo cuz that's all he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I don't know man, it's confusing to me too man. Uh, as as, not, as for Matt like, Thomas, you know, honestly he is a great shooter. He does need to get his attempts up more. Like it's fun to say he's the NBA league leader in three point percentage, which yeah. is true. He's at 51.5%. The man has taken like 60 something threes all season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, come on man. No, it's not great. That's how many threes Kyle Lowry would take in a week. Yeah. True. Yeah. So That's true. That's all. Well, in, well. Anyway, though, thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate it too, man. Thanks for listening. Uh, yep. Have a good day. All right. Peace. All right. It's time for everyone's favorite caller. Everyone's favorite uh, weekly segment. Everyone's favorite weekly segment. Stanley suggestions. 
yeah, this is right, rap. Right. This is catching up sooner than probably. I mean, know. you know, I'm just when I read the comments, people are hype. People They're, are hype. Put that time code in right now, right? <laughs> Vitaly from Moscow is calling it. All right, Vitaly on line two. Welcome to the show. Hey, Josh. Put uh, put some respect on my name. You're you're the B side. Stanley suggestions is uh, <laughs> it, it's a close second, baby. You already know. <laughs> Listen, uh, it's fine. It's almost two Thursday here, but Monday night. Uh-huh. But it actually um, here in Moscow, it worked out perfectly for me because. Uh, Tomorrow, Super Tuesday, I'm actually working overtime tonight for uh, <laughs> to prepare for the election tomorrow. So oh, whoa. I, uh, I'll be up late. All right. I got lots to do. Yeah, of uh, course. That's, that, that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> okay. I, I respect it. Who, who are you voting for? What? <laughs> he's got, he's oh, got, no, no. He's got an election to yeah, help uh, facilitate. That's not how it works in Russia, my son. Come oh, on, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. You, you stay woke. There's not many people listening. You know? Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> All right, so, what's on your mind, Vitaly? What did you think yesterday? Uh, man, you know what? It's uh, I saw before the game, the the line was uh, Nuggets were favored by three. Yeah, and easy I money. Saw that Gasol was out, Ibaka was out, and um, Ben Vliet. 100% easy money, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's true. I don't know what Vegas I, is going there. I was like, double digits easy. Come on. Yeah. Who's going to guard Jokic? Uh, Ronde? It's, uh, yeah. It was a tough one. Um, I have a big fraud of the week. Okay. Oh, I want to talk Siakam in a sec, but I, I have oh. a big fraud of the oh, week. Oh, I was okay. afraid you were going to say Siakam. I was... Oh, no, no, no. no come, come on. on. I'm not... Uh, I'm not like these frauds in the comments after one game, you know. Yeah, yeah that's right. Talking about uh, Siakam, we shouldn't have given him that contract. Come uh, on, no, um, My big fraud of the week is none other than Mayor Pete. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just playing. Um, no, no, it's, it's Rob Pilinka. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Just a brief one, man. Some of his recent moves, first of all, uh, picking up the, the worst Morris win yeah. uh, was your big move. And then today I read they're uh, they're auditioning between uh, between Dion Waiters and uh, Jared Smith. Yeah, couple couple great locker room guys. <laughs> Wait, how are they getting Dion Waiters back on LeBron's team? Remember when LeBron played with Dion last yeah, time? It was a horrible experience. I for was everybody. incredible content. Yeah, who would you guys pick? Who, who do you think of those two guys? Oh man, yeah. Why are they even it's a Dutch? Like, it's like. Um, Dion Waiters or Jerry Smith, it's like asking Trump or Hillary, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it. <laughs> um, I don't know who I'd prefer. Uh, well, you know, weed is legal in California, so... <laughs> so is Hennessy. J.R. Smith and LeBron get along really well. Yeah. And, like, LeBron... I don't think LeBron has a ton of friends on that team. Do you think they get along after 2018? I think I think he's had, like, J.R. Smith was, I'm going to sit down for two years mm. and I'm come back. <laughs> LeBron's like, I'm putting you on timeout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Earl. He's only going to call him Earl now. Yeah, he's not enough. Jr. Um, Dion Waiters is uh, is done. I don't. Th- is he? he? Actually, I mean, Jr. is like thirty eight. But I think Jr. might be able to shoot. Jr. played in China in twenty eleven. <laughs> how do you come back. back? How do you come back from that? Have you ever Have you ever consumed Hennessy? It's the only way. At once, actually, it was the only way you come back. Drink. <laughs> These guys are both very talented. It's the sad thing, and yeah. Loki Jr. Smith. He's like top ten all-time three-pointers made. He had a good career. Oh wow! But uh, if you set. give them like you know half of Kyle Lowry's brain, these guys would be Hall of Famers. Yeah, so, probably. Yeah, it's true. You give most. I think you give most yeah. prospects half of Kyle Lowry's brain, and 
He's like really good at basketball. Yeah. He's an intelligent guy. No it's, it's just but too bad he's six foot tall. Yeah, if Kyle Lowry was six foot four, it would have been out of control. Yeah. Ah, yeah, if I had a nine inch cost, you know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's uh, uh, um, but, but here's my. Oh my god. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I wanted to hear. Come on. I was just thinking of like the Lakers. I think they they don't need to change the roster. You know their rotation. I don't know why they need to bring in an extra guard. Mm. It's just like go to the playoffs. No, no, they need an extra guard. I would pick Dion only in the sense that he's younger, and honestly, playoff Dion with OKC. I know this is like twenty sixteen was not that bad. Yeah, some good. That moments. was a long time ago. I know, I know. But we're talking about J.R. Smith. I just think the Lakers are going to be big and bully people all playoffs long. Like I think, I yeah. think uh, they worried about Danny Green. Maybe I know he was injured uh, recently. And, uh, you know, he was pretty inconsistent in the playoffs last year. I think Danny Green's going to be in Toronto at the end of this month, recharge his batteries, yeah. and then he'll be off to the races. Man, that man loved Toronto. He loved Toronto. And we love Danny. Oh, right? yeah. Him and his snake. <laughs> Him and his Him snake. And his, his real snake, all right? That's not an analogy. Man, I, I don't care how many millions you have. I'm not coming near you. But <laughs> those, it's, I, it's like uh, Donovanism. What are you doing, man? Those things kill you. Yeah, Anyways. Uh, quick take on Siaka, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, first of all, people forgetting against Indiana, which was less than a week ago, he had a really nice game. Yep. yep. Efficient. Uh, missed a few threes, but he was like 8 of 12, yeah. plus 20 in the game. Yeah. I think um, what we're forgetting is just last night, yes, uh, scoring wasn't great, but that's not my takeaway. My takeaway is we gave up, was it, 132 points? Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter you're on the road, Denver's a explosive team. I think you have, if Marcus Sol was back, if he was anchoring that team, there's no way we, because that's our issue right now, it's defense. Yeah. 100%. So I think well, Mark, when he gets back, he gets everybody in the right places. Mm-hmm. The defense is solid. And the big thing he gives, when, when you're Pascal and you play next to Ronde, the spacing is, uh, they, they play yeah. off him. It's like, uh, it's four on five. So I don't blame him. And yeah. even like, how do you trust Ronde? How do you pass it to him? This guy has, uh, he has sword hands. He, he cannot finish. It's, he always makes the right play, the right dribble. And then he just, he hits like the wrong parts of the window. It's, uh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's no, like, it's... I know it's not going in. <laughs> it was amazing. I, I'm never going to forget seeing him post a business. Like, These are the four worst hands in franchise history. Oh my God. Like yeah, together. Exactly. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't even know if we need Marcus all back to fix the defense. I think Serge Ibaka had turned the nah. corner. No, no. I think nah, if nah. I think Mark's gone, Mark man. makes it elite. Mm. But I think the Raptors team concept defense is delivering. Like even Fair enough. Fair like enough. they look competent when they had Serge and not Mark. Mm-hmm. I think I the only reason is like I don't think Mark is gonna needs to come back to fix everything. Yeah. When he comes back on his own time it'll be great. We can't have Chris Boucher there anymore. It's that's the that's, oh man, yeah. I was like, gonna say Boucher, Boucher and Rondé. Oof. It's very very bad. Like if you get Serge back, I think you can. And his injury doesn't sound as severe. Mm. We should be okay because if we're waiting for Mark to come back and be consistent, we're in like it's mm. not. He's I don't know. I'm praying he comes back, man. It's it's uh, funny with Boucher. There was a time you know in my teen years I was really into like powerlifting. I was eating a lot. Okay, so. I've taken morning shifts that way more than Chris Boucher. I can believe it. That guy is a slight yeah, man. Yo, he got seven do- he, feet tall. He got dominated. He's like one forty-eight. Yeah, well. it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It does not make sense. Um, he got dominated by Mason Plumley. 
Just, that's at, a plumly. That's unthinkable, man. A plumly. <laughs> yeah, get, get that boy. Give him the DeAndre Ayton, John Collins diet. You know, give him actually. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, listen, yeah 20, our test, but our test over 20, for the 20, twenty-five <laughs> games will be worth it. Our <laughs> better test over. It's like it. They end before the playoffs. Uh, I'm just saying. With, <laughs> with uh, drug testing in the NBA, they say it's it's not a steroid test. It's like an IQ test because <laughs> if you're not an idiot. You get away with you it. You know, yeah. LeBron, LeBron's been playing, what, 17 years? No problem. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, That's all natural, baby. All he natural. Takes, he takes naps. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> million dollars on his body. Yeah, it's know? naps. Million yeah. dollar beds. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Re- chefs. Uh, yeah. Supplements. Of course. We all know. You know? Come Yo, on. Yo, Will, you have the workshop. Shout out, guys. Quick plug. Will's got the workshop. Oh, wow. Started from the bottom. Wow. Come I appreciate on. you. It man. is, Thank it you. is pretty cool. One time. Thank you. Thank you. You guys lecturing people. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. Uh, yeah. You're doing big things. We're proud of you, eh? I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. All right, Vitaly. All right, man. Have a good Bye day you. tomorrow. Have a great week. Cheers. Bye. Peace. What a guy. Yeah. What a man guy. of the people. And people have the audacity to say he's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Even if he is, nah, he's real, man. He's real. Nah, he's real. He's real. He's a real one. He, definitely a real one, but also he's real. Man. He's real. Yeah. Calling from two thirty in Moscow, hacking elections. What? Right. <laughs> <clears throat> um, we have Don in Toronto to talk about Pascal's shot. Don, Let's welcome do to the show. Hey guys, how's it going? Good man, how are you? Good. Shout out to Vitaly one time. I love that guy. Yeah, the Who best. Doesn't? The best. Uh, so I just want to preface my question quick that I wanted to ask this like three or four weeks ago, but I, I got on the line and it dropped off. So it's not just based on the Nuggets game, but mm. my question is. Of Pascal's package of shots that he goes to regularly, mm-hmm. which one do you think he can reliably use in the crunch time in the playoffs to get him a basket? And if there isn't one right now that is reliable enough, which one do you think he's most likely to develop in time for the playoffs so that it is reliable? That's a very good question. Yeah, I don't know. I like that. Um, what happened to the corner three? I know that he's... He just doesn't get a lot of looks oh, yeah. there. He operates at the top of the floor. Yeah, yeah. That's, that... Before it was like, Kawhi's going to operate, you got a space. So you're open in the corner. And maybe when they have Fred and Kyle back, he can get that look mm-hmm. every once in a while. Um, Honestly? I mean, obviously, okay, first off, his his most preferred move would be to post up and then spin. Yeah, that's right. That's we the, know that. Everyone in the world knows that. If Beyond that shot, I would say the one I want to see him get best at is probably the pull-up three. Um, and yeah. it's a difficult shot to be sure. He is a difficult shot, but uh, at the same time, um, you know he's he's actually really developed in that front, and, and it's really just what we're seeing is a, a work in progress at the moment. Um, yeah, like last season, in terms of pull up threes, he made one for eight on the year, not just like one game, one of eight on the year. This year, he's 41 of 120, which is not a great percentage necessarily, 34%. It's pretty much average for pull-up three-point shooting. But still, we're talking about a guy who went from eight attempts to 120, and we're like, you know, uh, two-thirds through the season right now. So I I think I want to see him uh, master that shot. What about you, Josh? That's a good answer. Um, I've always wondered why Pascal doesn't have a reliable elbow jumper. Um, mm. It seems like when he gets to the elbow, he wants to turn around and start backing somebody down before he spins. Yeah. Um, if he was able to take somebody face up and pull up from uh, the el- elbow, I think it would just be it would add some uh, dynamics to his game because he could then head fake there and then get past yep. his guy. And I don't know. There seems to be nothing in Pascal's game 
that makes me think he can get his guy leaning and um, get a shot off around him or yeah. under him and draw the foul. It's and, a little predictable at the moment. Yeah, it's just well, that's what we saw in the Denver game. Like the defender was always in his way, even when like Jamal Murray was on him and stuff. Even Jamal was able to make it difficult for him because Jamal really took away the middle and he he didn't. He just kind of refused to spin baseline to his left. Yeah, I don't know. You think Jamal Murray really wanted to impress Nick Nurse? Because I had I had to justify it to myself that way. He's like well, RJ can't start over me. Bro, RJ is not starting. Well, actually, I don't know. His dad is the GM. It's SGA. I mean, it's Jamal Murray and SGA. First off, hell of a backcourt. A hell of a backcourt. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're getting away from the topic. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Well, Pascal, I, that's the one thing. With, that's the weird thing about Pascal is that he's not necessarily a natural scorer in that way where, um, you know, he's, like, super high skill. Yeah. He obviously is very skilled. Don't get me wrong, but... Uh, it, it's not like a guy like Kawhi who can just come off the screen and just pull up with regularity. Mm. But even with a guy like Kawhi, he had to he develop has- that too. And, you know, what we're seeing in like year seven, year eight is, is very different from what we're seeing from Pascal or where we're seeing from Kawhi in year, th- year four, year, four, year, year, year you know, yeah. that area. So. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I think Kawhi's go-to shot was like to get the screen, get the big mm-hmm. man, and then yeah. pull up. Definitely. So that, that's what I'm trying to figure out what like Pascal's is going to be, and if maybe if this is the development year and he figures it out, you know that's fine. I think like I'm not freaking out about it. Uh, but it seems like the spin move in the post is probably not going to work in the playoffs, just because he's going to get doubled. It seems like he also is like less reliable for some reason this year at, at it in yep. terms of like actually the finishing. I don't know why yeah. that is. Fatigue. Like you guys were talking just, about at the beginning of the show, just seems to be fatigue. Yeah, because yeah, it's hard. It's it's a hard move to like pull off. Yeah, yeah, like you've tried that in your like gym, like to be coordinated, and then sort of have the second burst to like steady yourself. Mm. It's exhausting. I know these guys are pro athletes, and yeah. comparing what I do in a YMCA to to them is like unfair, but it's a, it's a hard thing to do reliably. Sure, yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we'll see what what where HUD happens. And it sounds like the the pull up three, or maybe like they could stash him in the corner on the occasional play. Like they used to stash Kawhi in the dunker spot, even in the playoffs, occasionally randomly. And he would get like a, we're not stashing there, but he would like go to the dunker spot at the last second and get like a good look off there. Maybe Pascal could do that too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Thanks for calling. The answer, guys. Cool. Peace. You guys are awesome. See ya. Um, yeah, I actually looked this up. Uh, so, you know, if we're comparing 2019 to 2020 for Pascal, uh, last season, uh, when the defender, when he had a very, very tight defense, like the defender was less than two feet away from him, he shot 55%. This year is 48.8%. Mm. Mm. Between two to four feet, the closest defender, last year he was at 59.3%. This year he's at 49.9%. So that's almost a 10-point percentage drop. Four to six feet, so with reasonable space, Pascal was efficient, like incredible. 67.9%. This year, 49.3%. Huge drop there, 18 percentage points. And six plus feet wide open, he was seventy seven point one percent. This year, he's sixty one point five percent. And this is just two point shots. That last about. one is just Pascal is no longer the guy who gets thrown out on fast breaks. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah exactly. But what I'm just saying, like overall, it just seems like the, the the general thing is just I think the touch is not there. And also, like I mean, realistically, he's getting tougher defenders. Yeah, he he's adopted a more he's adopted a less efficient part of the offense. Yeah, it's just yeah, inherited. Sure. Like Kawhi had a very inefficient. Like set of shots, like mm-hmm. here. But these he are was shots, so good that he was able to make are, that all. Efficient. These are like yeah. most of the worst shots anyone on the team has to take. Mm-hmm. Enjoy them, and Kawhi's like made the most of it. Pascal is making the most of it. And it's hard. It's hard to do. Yeah. That's why these guys are superstars. Is that yeah. like LeBron James posting up every like wing, like what he did to Drew Holiday, is like hard to do. Yeah, it is. 
and being efficient at it isn't fun. Mm-hmm. So when these guys do it well, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, it's because they're fucking good. He's amazing, man. All right, let's take a – before we take any more calls, let's take actually a, Casey, a Casey hotline. hotline. Yeah, so we have the first one from Amro who wants to talk about Norman Powell getting traded. Right now, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> hey, this message is for the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show. I uh, just wanted to know, do you think Norman Powell is a valuable trade asset since he'd been playing – I mean, just out of his mind, basketball as of late? Or should we just write out the rest of his contract? Hit me up. Thanks. It's March, bro. (laughs) Strange timing. Uh, I don't know, man. Right now, the way the team is constructed, I don't want to move him. He's pretty good value at his contract. I think he's made tangible improvements. I talked about it on yesterday's show. I thought I was super impressed with Norm yesterday, just with the fact that he only shot one of six from three, but still had twenty four points efficiently. Yep, he's so much better going to the basket now, and it's like varied. Uh, his finishes are better. He's more calm with it. The footwork is better for the finishes. The way he atta- he has a a game plan instead of just like rushing to the basket. Um, so yeah, I mean, and when you look at the age of the team, if you're looking at the core being Pascal, OG, uh, Fred, you know. I guess TD as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, Ter- Terrence Davis, as I mentioned. Um, yeah, you know, Norm fits right in. There. You're not like you're not getting better value for Norm at that dollar. I mean, you might, you might, but I just Wait. don't see what you're getting. You know what I mean? You're not going to sign somebody off the street for eleven million dollars to be Norm. To be Norm. Fair enough. They're going to well, yeah. Masai. Honestly, this those guys, those guys are so different. good. The front yeah. office is so good. They might, but. I think I have no issue. I think we should just keep him. Yeah, he's under contract the 2021-2022 season, which mm-hmm. is, you know, big year for the franchise. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you'd want to trade him. I get yeah. yes, he's a very he's a very He's very attra- tradable now. He's a very, very attractive tradable. asset. Yeah. That doesn't mean like you don't I don't know, you don't want to trade your like Yeah, are we getting Brad Bill? <laughs> if we're not getting Bradley Bill, I think we can just keep going. Yeah, if you have an attractive asset, you hold on to it. It's why yeah. That's why you hope to have attractive assets. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, we have on line one, Jesse from North Bay. Jesse, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Big fan of the show. Hey, man. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. And also, thanks for switching to Monday evening. I mean, Friday oh, at yeah? noon just didn't work for, for me there. I was always at work. They were never able to call in. All right. There you go. We're going to pass a message along to our boss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, my question was, uh, now assuming everybody's healthy, which we know that's probably a one in a million chance of it happening before playoffs, but who do you think plays come playoff time and who do you think doesn't, assuming everybody's healthy? Well, I think the starting five is pretty set. Mark's going to start, Pascal's going to be at four, OG at three, Fred at two, mm-hmm. Kyle at one. And, and then Norm and Surge, definitely. Norm and Surge are definite big pieces of the rotation. I'm thinking they play 25 minutes or more that's in the playoffs. And then it's really that eighth man that's going to change, and I don't think they're going to dip below eight because I don't think you can consistently trust any of the rest of those guys. Personally, I would pick Terrence Davis to be that eighth guy, but obviously we see him with Nick. He loves he loves McCaw, and that eighth <laughs> guy probably gets like fifteen minutes. I I also feel like I can see a place where RHJ plays if they run into Philly again and they need size, but mm-hmm. um, in like a Boston se- in a Boston. I guess it depends on who they're playing as well. Because same yeah. thing, I was thinking like you got to sit McCaw and uh, put Davis in instead. But like you said, you know how Nurse loves his McCaw. But yeah, and <laughs> also Rondé could get a bit of consideration there just because he's so good 
um, are versatile defensively, but also there's a lot of downside with playing Rondé a lot too. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I think like hope in, everybody's healthy, in but... a Celtic series, I don't think Rondé sees any more minutes, and he doesn't see many minutes. I think it's a guy like uh, Terrence Davis who does play. Yeah, and I'm looking at. I just looked it up now that you asked. The, the last the last year's playoff rotation, which you know resulted in a championship. Good times. Uh, Raptors had eight players in the rotation. First, obviously, was Kawhi, thirty nine minutes. Kyle Lowry, thirty eight minutes. Pascal, thirty seven. Mark, thirty point six. Danny Green, twenty twenty eight point five. Seems seems like a lot for Danny. Uh, twenty four point seven for Fred. Twenty point eight for Serge. Fifteen point nine for Norm. And then it just dropped off. Everyone else was garbage time. I mean, like, Jody Meeks yeah. got a little bit more burn than everyone else. Didn't quite understand the Jody Meeks minutes, but it was pretty clear. Nick had an eight-man rotation, and he's probably going to have an eight-man rotation this year, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I figured. I was wondering if maybe they'd go to nine, but you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. you know this better than I, I do. I think anyway. first round, he might go to nine. Like, if they're playing, like, Orlando, Brook- like Brooklyn <laughs> or Orlando in the first round, then I think okay. you can keep it with nine. You kind of not necessarily that you want to manage minutes or anything like that, uh, because obviously it's the playoffs. You got to win the game. But I do think that if you're looking at a more long term perspective, you probably you you know just give it keep it at nine. The the relatively speaking, the Raptors yeah. should be good in the first round. So, but yeah, yeah, especially if they get up two games to nothing or something like that, then uh, yeah, yeah. Then Matt Thomas starting. Uh, well, you Kyle know, Lowry. It's disrespectful, but uh, <laughs> Alex would lose his mind. Uh, actually, though, yeah. All right, Jesse, thanks for the call. Okay, thanks, guys. I, I also have just a quick question for for Vitaly next time he calls. Yeah. Ask him if his Adidas tracksuit is red or blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Excellent. All right. All right. Have a good one, guys. Right. Damn. Damn, the, people, the people's champ. I think Vitaly's wearing uh, one of those, like, fisherman caps. <laughs> no. I'm just imagining him as a background actor in a Dua Lipa video. I, oh, jeez. Uh... <laughs> Uh, uh, before we take another call, let's take a YouTube question. We have... Lee Ban. Was Nick Nurse far more experimental last year? <clears throat> Was he also better at managing minutes? Siakam Lowry can't play 40 minutes a game. It's going to hurt us in the long term. Was he more experimental? He There were a lot more players who passed through this team last year. I like, mean, he had like 20-something players last year. Yeah, so... I mean, was he more experimental? I don't know, man. I think vers- defensively, the Raptors are more versatile this year than they are last year. Triangle in two hives? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, he pulled it out in the finals, um, but, I mean, he, he didn't play boxing one at all in the regular season. No. Um, but in terms of managing minutes, just to go on that point, so Kawhi played 34 minutes per game last year. That was tops in the uh, in the team. He was tied with Kawhi, uh, with Pascal, oh, sorry, with Kyle, who was also at 34. Pascal was at 31.9. Um, everyone else was 20 minutes or below. Or sorry, 30 minutes or below. This year, uh, Kyle has gone up to 36.5, so an additional <laughs> 2.5 minutes. Fred Van Vliet, obviously, he's <laughs> just become a better player, but still 35.8 minutes. Uh, and Pascal up to 35. Point two, and everyone else is thirty or below. I think honestly, it's just there's been more significant injuries this year than last year. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kawhi was in and out, but we saw the team had depth. Like there were still even without Kawhi, eight fully reliable players that you can go to. And this year, yeah, I mean, it's just there's just been significant injuries all the time, and they've had to compete and work a little harder. Yeah, that's uh- all. I think Nick Nurse is doing a good job. I think he's, like, early in the season, yeah, the minutes were a little high, for sure. When you saw that, like, Kyle was, like, 
first in the league in minutes. And then like again? Fred was second. And How? then Pascal was fifth. And you're like, okay, all right. Just clearly a systemic problem. But then, you know, they've cut it down a little bit. They they found those bench guys on that West Coast road trip. Yeah. So. Yeah, they figured it out. Yeah. Um, from Deepak, uh, it's a trend whenever we beat a good team. By 45, we go in a three-game losing streak, and then we play really good. We did this when we blew out Utah. Um, yeah, there was somebody who commented after the slander pod. You and people don't like the slander pod because they think that it's if a I slander a team, then somehow the Raptors go on to lose games. It's, it's How not, does that make not, sense in your mind? It's not man. somehow they do. They just do. It's correlative, but people are superstitious. All right, fair enough. Are you? You're, you know, you can be superstitious. Am I? No, like just you, people, Asian? people can be. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we Asians are mad superstitious. Man. Um, well, <clears throat> um. All right, let's let's take another call. We have Elam from Ottawa. Welcome back to the show. Oh, hello, guys. Uh, just before I start, I think you guys have pronounce my name a little off. Can you ca- can back. help me out? All right, what is it? Ilham. Ilham. Okay. Ilham. Pleasure, pleasure to have you call in. Are you have you done your homework for the evening? All right. Not even close. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're spending your time wisely. Well, okay. We, I'm going to start. I just have this <laughs> one question I've been thinking about for a while. Because okay. after we've lost to Denver, Boston's coming up a little closer, and I feel like it's going to be a little bit neck and neck at the end. Mm-hmm. So I was on, I was going to ask, how important do you guys think the second seed is, and should we make like a big push? for everyone to try to get to the second seed? Or should we start resting up players for the playoffs? You know, like, people who are a little bit more injury-prone, like Mark seems to be this year. Like, should we start resting players, or should we make that final push for the second seed? I think it's I think it's pretty important. Um, obviously, if people are hurt, whatever, you're not going to, like, force them to play above their capabilities. But at the same time... Second seed is just super important, man. Because if you look at it right now, if if, I, if Philadelphia was like substantially going to be the fifth seed, and I knew that Indiana was going to be sixth, then I'm not as worried about it. Because even though Indiana is a better team than uh, you know Brooklyn or you know Den or um, Orlando, Orlando or some other garbage team, like I'm fine with it. Right, I'm fine with facing Indiana first round. Um, Philly is just difficult. You just don't want to go through that. Like, Embiid is a really good defender, and if they, everyone gets healthy, that talent on that team is still very difficult to look at. Um, to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I want to get the second seed. Also, you know what? Any case to uh, finish above Boston, I'm down for it. Yeah, I don't want to play Boston, uh, like, in a game five swing game in Boston. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just not a good idea. Yeah. I think TD Garden is actually one of those places that, um, you, you know, want- really does have a sway. Uh, and and what's unfortunate think, is I that I think like, Scotiabank Arena has is one of those places. It is. It Unless is. you're Paul Pierce, because he doesn't care. Okay, I don't want it, I don't want to hear <laughs> that name ever again. Uh, but yeah, I mean the thing is, Boston does have a slightly easier schedule on the rest of the the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, and we face like the Lakers, the Bucks. I think like two more times. Yeah. And like we have hard teams on the way. Yeah. So I think it is going to be quite close. It is going to be quite close. The only saving grace is that the Raptors play. Uh, at home against Boston, which is their fourth meeting of the year, uh, Boston has won two of the fourth three. Of the year. Yeah, the Raptors need to win they that game. That's two a big game around Christmas, and then they played one early. Um, oh yeah, I remember that game. Second yeah, game of the year. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pascal had five threes, but yeah. they lost. Mm-hmm. That, that so yeah, that's all. That's one of the major questions that I was asking. And then when it comes to like last night, uh, uh, so everyone's. I just wanted to say, like, why does everyone? want Pascal 
to uh, develop as quickly as he has when, like, he he's on his first years being the number one guy. Do you, mm-hmm. do you think he has, like, do you think Raptor fans have any legitimacy of like trashing him? Because if you look at the comments on Instagram, they're all going pretty crazy at him. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Raptors looking are looking at comments on Instagram is just not a good idea. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Have IG. Mm-hmm. What about Will Lufus? Oh, yeah. That's definitely me. <laughs> Um, I think the, the Raptors are a really good club, so having their best player saying to the, like saying about their best player like oh it's okay they're developing like it doesn't really it's no big deal it's kind of like a like BS excuse because Kyle Lowry's playing like he doesn't have years to waste. Mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka when he's out there is playing isn't playing like he has years to develop and mm-hmm. same for Mark etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so having Pascal. It's not fair to say he's holding the team back, but not pushing the team forward is well, you can call him out for it. Well, you know, okay, I would say he's pushing the team forward. I mean, this is that's a little sure. too far. But well, you know what? I I think it's a couple of things. I think one, people are definitely just a little bit spoiled. Yeah, like we just won the championship. We're coming off a stretch where the Raptors have gone to the playoffs six straight times, uh, the best years in franchise history. People at this point are ex- are expecting yeah, success. Right. They've tasted the real thing. They know what the real thing is. Um, I think it's also, in a sense, um, there's an urgency because there's expiring contracts on the roster. Kyle, mm-hmm. uh, well, actually, I guess Kyle's things resolved, but you know, Fred's expiring. We don't. We're, it's not a certainty that he comes back, although I do think it's very likely. Um, you know, Mark, you Surge. know, Serge. Like you, this. It's not saying this is the last chance. This but at team the same can time, win. That's yeah. the, that is the thing. This and also, it, it's can... really just about who is, like, the, the you know, basketball is really reductive. It's really about who's the best guy on the team and how good is that guy. And yeah, that's that where I feel like the Raptors 2 through 8 are extremely good. Yeah. You know? with, yeah. with a blue chip number one player, mm-hmm. this is a team that runs the back. Yeah. So. But and that's and it's and I don't think it's unfair to say to put that on Pascal. That right now, mm-hmm. if looking at this team, Two through eight, you can win the championship. Yeah, like yeah, uh, Milwaukee. Really I mean, they literally just won. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and to to say like, you know, if it if it wasn't for Pascal being you know a little bit better, he's really really good. Mm-hmm. He's really 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 good. Mm. If he was a little bit better, we would feel pretty confident that we could go and yeah win the whole thing. And that's such a rare thing. Like, you know, the Demar and Kyle years were great, but we did like we weren't as good as this team is now. Yeah, at the we peak, yeah, we weren't. At the peak of Kyle and Demar's tenure as like leading this team, we weren't as good. This year, we are very good. Second best defense. That's real stuff. Yeah, Pascal is a little bit better. Yeah, right. He's getting very much better, considering that this is like the first year of him being the number one guy. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very. It's a lot to bear. Yeah, it I, is. Mm-hmm. No, it's and that's the thing. It's just it's unfair, man. It really is. It's just it's a tough situation for him because. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he knows it. He sees, like, yeah, he knows it. He knows it. He's very self-aware with, based on his comments. Very self-aware. At least we have one bright spot from that game, and that's OG for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He looked great. I mean, yeah. I said it earlier. I, I don't know how much. Come on, man. It was great. Come but on. Has, is that the best game you've ever watched him play? Yes. 100%. No, not to me. Yeah. Name one game OG played better than that. Um, Game... I don't know. He, he looked great in the Boston game last year. The first game, like the first Boston match, he's looked better. I've left games from like OG's learning. He looked great in that Minnesota game 
October of 2018. Bro, that was against Minnesota. I know, but there are games that, like, yes, he scored a lot of points. A lot of those points were off of a slot, like, him being higher in the pecking order than he normally is outside of his role. Wow. And Hater. I'm not hating. Hater. I really like OG. It just wasn't the game. I'm like, it's not the game that I'm going to remember him for. OG put the whole squad on scars. How could you hate him? Yeah. You can't. Josh, uh, come on, man. I'm disappointed. (laughs) Disappointed. All right. Oh, wait, one quick question. Uh When it comes to uh, offensively for OG, when his usage obviously goes down because he's like the fourth, fifth option, Mm -hmm. what techniques do you think he should take forward into like making those winning plays like what what do you think he could do more on offense within his role obviously because it's crazy to expect him to be like getting this type this stat line every night yeah yeah Yeah. it's not gonna happen he's not gonna be prime scotty pippen um he's gotta maybe post up a little bit more. that was the only thing yeah he's big he's strong yeah just post guys up yeah they can't they can't handle you and when Mark's there too, that's going to help OG a lot. You've already mentioned that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the playmaking there is going to be good. And it, it even it's just like simple things like feeding him in the post. Like for OG, if he can cut, if he can do a split cut, you know, get deeper post position, seal his man, get a smaller guy on him, and Mark can make that pass, and Mark can stretch the floor so there's no center helping out in the in the lane. OG probably going to finish that. Also, a thing I want OG to do. This is my co- my mama challenge for OG. Okay. All right. Russell okay. Develop a like a better dunk package because you're like he he's bounce. Wow. And he, it's like OG's not the most flashy guy. He's never going to be known for a flashy guy. But wouldn't so. it be great if like every once in every six like open lane dunks he has, he just pull out like a windmill and you're like, whoa! <laughs> I just want him to do yeah, it every once true. in a while. Oh, be, cool. be like rand. He does have a lot of good two handed jams, but they're. You know, it's like a signature move is like the reverse, reverse yeah. two handed dunk. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him just do something crazy one because he has the bounce. Oh yeah, he has. There's some. He's got hot. Yeah, like Norm would videos. do it when Norm was a little bit younger. He would just like pull out a crazy tomahawk dunk when he was on the break. I'm like he's nice. Yeah. You know, just fair like, enough. Some something for the. Uh, there's the challenge. Yeah, there's a challenge. Dunk cooler. Dunk cooler, OG. All right. Well, All right. I mean, if his, if his main concern is the dunk cooler, I think OG's doing pretty good then. No, he's had a great year. Yeah. I'm really, really happy because last year was brutal for that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Bat, like really, bat, really, really like horrible year, and I'm glad to see him, like, you know. He's you just, saying brutal like that just reminds me of my computer science teacher. It just reminds me of the coding that I have to write, so that's, I should probably go. All right. All uh, right. Go to your homework. Okay, bye, guys. Right. Have a nice weekend or day. Thanks. Whatever. <laughs> bye. Peace. All right. Uh, um, Stanley suggestions. We gotta get them. Uh, or we have one more last call. No, we we gotta get. We, let's get the last KFC hotline out of the way. Yes. Okay. We, get we the have last call and then uh, Stanley suggestions. The name of someone, and I'll look it up. We have uh, Mike. Uh, Who is Mike. Matt Thomas Hive? Matt Thomas Hive. Hey, Will. Just wanted Talk to see to what you. your thoughts are on Matt I'm Thomas. Why you don't think he plays as much as probably the Toronto fans want him we'll to? Have to is answer just this question bad D. Times. Thanks a lot. Everybody wants to know why Matt Thomas doesn't play enough. Like, what is it? What is it about Matt Thomas that makes some of you Raptors fans want to see him play so much? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> I think you know. But uh, <clears throat> what is it about? I mean, look, uh, we, I think he could do a better job finding more chances to shoot. Yep. Um, because obviously he's on, you know, defensively. It's not even he's not bad. It's just like, you know, the rest of the team is much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and then, yeah, he just needs to find more opportunities to get he, a shot off. But he's cool. I really enjoy when he comes in the game. It's fun. It's fun. I like everyone f- looking for him and stuff. 
I've been, I've been calling him. I'm trying to get this nickname for him off the ground. Clay Thompson with a C. It's pretty good, man. Clay are, Thompson are with sure? a C. No, Come no, on, man. Ben, no. Come on, no, no, you're not into it. Clay Thompson with a two, C. Two thumbs down. All right, looks better in print. <laughs> just, just saying. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Sayed's been very patient. Uh, Sayed online too. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Hey. Um. So I just had a question about the team and how how many injuries we have mm-hmm. had so far this year. So I mean, Serge, Fred, and Mark were obviously out. Yep. Um, yesterday. And I'm just wondering, even when they come back, don't you think that there's a pretty high likelihood that another one of our players gets injured? Because it just seems like some teams that get hit with injuries early on just don't find a way to get rid of them. Mm. Is there a, is there a chance that they'll get injured afterwards? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, people get hurt every day. I I think it's really just, uh, and we're going to have to let you go because uh, <laughs> there's some weird noises coming out. Uh, maybe it's just <laughs> our end, but um, I, I think it's not. It's well, okay, all right. You think he's just beeping? <laughs> uh, but no, I think yeah. I mean, it's it's natural. Like when you have some injuries, other people are going to have to compensate. Uh, and it's sort of the same thing where they talk about how you know when you are when there's some part of your body that's hurt and you're playing through it, you're, the rest of your body's trying to compensate. And if you mm-hmm. think of the team as a as a body and, and as a concept, like yeah, other players are going to have to come up and, and step up and play more than they need to. I don't know what you're searching, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're searching. <laughs> the team as a metaphor for a single body? Yeah. All the right. team is a body, you know? If the team is a body, uh, what are all the parts? Kyle Lowry's the booty. Mark's the the head. <laughs> no, all right, never mind. What's surgeon? No, 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 no. Sorry. Stanley's suggestion time? <clears throat> Stanley's suggestion time? It's our signature segment where uh, we give Stanley uh, Johnson some suggestions to go you know things activities to do around the city um josh yours is mean so i'm gonna go first uh you know as i always give stanley very earnest ones that i genuinely actually would recommend to somebody uh you know look listen uh, winter in toronto is almost over march is pretty much the end of it april is gonna you know warm up you can wear some like light coats and stuff uh when it's cold like this and you've been cold for like four months straight all you want to do on weekends is stay inside and, and watch netflix or in this case, watch CBC Gem. That's right. You can watch Working Moms on CBC Gem. It's on its fourth season right now. Uh, yeah, look, I picked it up recently. I actually really enjoy it. Uh, not a lot of shows are sure. not, not a lot of shows. Maybe it's just a reflection of how I consume things. But I haven't, uh, per, me personally, I haven't consumed a lot of shows that have been written and sort of centered around the female perspective in terms of just uh, motherhood and all the challenges that come with it. Uh, I think it's very cool. I think it's very interesting. It's funny. It's zany. It's Canadian. It's there's got a lot of B roll of like really Toronto, really really Toronto. Uh, they show King West all the time. Um, that's not really a positive to be honest, <laughs> but <laughs> you know they they show other parts that are cool. Shout out to my friend Lex who worked on it. Oh yeah, cool. We all know somebody who worked on Working Moms. Sure, yeah. All right, anyway, that's my Stanley suggestion. Okay, Watch my, Working Moms. Mine is, I mean, now that we'll mention this. But yeah. I was thinking of a way for Stanley to see more of the city of Toronto, mm-hmm. not just King West, not just the condo that he lives in somewhere. Um, and I think the best way for him to do that is to uh, perhaps uh, work with an organization that mm. has uh, offices and uh, development all around the city. Oh, so, um, Stanley, this week I'm suggesting that you uh, check out an information session with Weedman or one of the local oh, lawn pros God. companies. Um, they have information sessions throughout the city around this time of year, right before spring. You can learn how to irrigate oh, lawns and geez. to um, help lay down fresh sod. Mm. And it's a great way to see the rest of the city. You'll go knocking wow. door to door. 
um, and meet people from across Toronto, from Scarborough to Etobicoke, North York to, uh, I don't know, the other ones. Wow. You're basically, um, you're basically <laughs> telling this medical work vector marketing. <laughs> well, we don't need to talk about vector marketing. We'll start with you. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, that but that's it, a show. <laughs> that does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for calling in. As always, um, you can leave us a voicemail. If you're not able to call in during this window between 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., uh, you can leave us a message at the Yahoo Sports Canada Instagram page. You can direct message, leave a message, uh, and and you know just like actually speak into the phone. Don't just like leave a written message, uh, yeah, because you know it's an audio medium. <laughs> so you know do that. But um, we appreciate all the callers as always, Josh. Uh, thanks to KST for sponsoring the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to encourage everyone to watch Run It Back to check out around yep. the NBA. Yeah, uh, to listen to the reaction podcast right. uh, during this road trip. Yeah. Um, like I'm, not, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not watching the Suns game tomorrow night because it okay. starts at nine. I go to bed at you know ten fifteen. I will be watching it and recapping it. Yeah, and I'm so. going to listen to it the next morning oh, on my wow. subway downtown. Anywho, that's the show. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Wash your hands. <laughs> Stay safe. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.